Blog Talk Radio. This is the Body of Christ Church, inviting you to our virtual living room, where we discuss today's issues and how those issues relate to the Holy Scriptures. So sit back, relax, and engage in conversation with us. Good afternoon, and the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. I am Josiah, and welcome to our virtual living room where we examine recent events and other topics as they pertain to the Holy Scriptures. We give all praises to the Most High in Christ, and we give thanks for God's generous mercy, grace, and forgiveness. At this time, let me uh, remind everyone that the chat room is open and available for your questions and comments. Today's topic is titled, Is Jesus Really the Reason for the Season? Is Christ really in Christmas, or is there, as some say, a sacrilegious holiday? Where is Jesus in Christmas? Is he in Yuletide carols, Christmas trees, or stockings? Where is Jesus? Where do you find the Jesus spoken of in the Holy Bible in any of the rites and rituals of Christmas? Is Jesus really the reason for the season? And here today to discuss this very important topic I have first off our brother Kazakia. Hey, Shalom, Josiah. Shalom to all the brothers on the panel. It is definitely good to be back. Thankful to the Heavenly Father for uh, allowing me another opportunity to participate on the show and definitely looking forward to dealing with this topic right here. And we also have our brother Abaja. Hey, Shalom to everyone, all the listeners, all the brothers. It's good to be back, good to be here. All praises to the Son Christ. And sitting here in the virtual living room, we have our brother, Yawanathan. Yes. Um, good afternoon to all. Um, I'll praise the Heavenly Father in the name of the Son Christ. And, and, th- and today in the virtual living room, we got a choir core group. we got also our brother, Kabar. Shalom, <laughs> brothers and sisters. Good to be with you here today and as always, all praises given to the Heavenly Father and the Son, Christ. Now, brothers, you know, there's been a lot said about uh, Christmas, and there's been a number of programs uh, that we've done uh, about Christmas, you know, bringing to light uh, for those who don't understand what Christmas is about. Um, but Kazaki brought to our attention uh, an article which contains a survey uh, regarding Christmas, and we thought that based upon this article that it might be good to uh, go through this yet again uh, because people are still celebrating Christmas. And this Christmas is not just one day. It's a whole season uh, starting with uh, Black Friday night now. Is that right, brothers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'd like to point um, to the article, and I'm I'm going to uh, post it in the chat room, um, the link to it. Uh, but there, there is a uh, actual survey in, contained in the article, and um, the survey is basically one that just asks people to fill in the blank. It starts out, uh, Christmas is a time to, and then blank. So this is the way people filled it in. Christmas is a time to be with family and friends. Forty-five percent of the respondents said uh, be with family and friends. Christmas is a time to uh, Jesus and God, 37 percent. Christmas is a time to celebrate joy, 32%. 
Christmas is a time to give, share, and help, 20%. Christmas is a time to reflect, 12%. Uh, thank, appreciate, be grateful, 11%. Love, 9%. Remember, 6%. And peace, 3%. So for for this particular survey, which was conducted by uh, a church organization, let me see if I can find the name of the organization here, um, give them like a way, little bit of, like, 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 like what you said. Yes, LifeWay Research. Okay. So, um, they, they, yeah, LifeWay Research Survey, right. Um, 2,110 2, adults, and this was done uh, November 29th through December 1st. Um, so this, these are the reasons. Um, it gives you some indication of why people are doing this. All right. Um I'd like to read from the article, though, one uh, excerpt for you, Abaja. Uh, and that excerpt says, sure, people will say Jesus is the reason for the season, but Thor is the reason the fifth day of the week is named Thursday. That doesn't mean I celebrate Thor. The fact is, people don't open the gospel and read why Jesus came, Stitzer says. Oh, you want my response to that? Yes. Well, basically, we understand that, first of all, when you go through all of history, whenever you have, you know, a, a ruling power that's set up, they always basically do things their way. And what I mean by do things their way, you know, when you look in the scriptures, you had, you know, the first day, the second day, the third day, so forth and so on. And it wasn't until, you know, the other nations came into power that they actually put the names on the days after their gods. Now, just because you and I have a conversation, you know, regarding what day, you know, what day of the week it is, it's like, okay, today is Thursday. Okay, well, you mean uh, the the fifth day of the week or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not really going into idolatry. That's, that's just a reference. But, mm-hmm. you know, when we start, if we now we're doing things going into you know, say the worship of Thor after whom that day is named, then, yeah, there's a problem. But the thing that makes Christmas different is the fact that, first of all, again, you know, as we said on many different shows, you will not see a reference to Christmas as it pertains to worshiping the hope, the Heavenly Father and Christ anywhere in the Scriptures. That's the difference. As a matter of fact, I want to go to the Apocrypha, and I want to go to the Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 14. And I want to start in, really, that, the whole chapter goes into, you know, idolatry and spiritual fornication and things of that nature. But the scripture here, I want to start at, um, here we go, 14 and verse 16. Because it tells you about, you know, about idolatry and how it came about and things of that nature. And how the Most High despises the idols of the nation. Actually, mm-hmm. let me read verse 12. It says, For the devising of idols was the beginning of spiritual fornication, and the invention of them the corruption of life. So the devising of idols, basically the things that the other nations had made up, because the Heavenly Father didn't give us those things. The other nations had those things. And it says, what, the devising of those idols was the beginning of spiritual fornication. So when the children of Israel started following after those idols that were made up by the other nations, that's how we began to commit spiritual fornication against the Heavenly Father. And it's basically spiritual fornication is in the same likeness 
as physical fornication, whereas basically a person that goes around and deals with a bunch of women, a man that deals with a bunch of women, or a woman that deals with a bunch of men. So when we were supposed to be joined to the Heavenly Father in one spirit, we started going around and dealing with the different gods of the other nations. This is why it says spiritual fornication. And it says, in the invention of them, the corruption of life. Because the Heavenly Father gave us the things in his commandments as far as how we were going to be blessed and how we were going to be made pure in front of him and remain pure in his sight. But when we started following the, the other uh, traditions and the customs of other nations, that's when we became corrupted. But the point I wanted was... Oh, gosh, here we go, verse 16. It says, Thus in the process of time, an ungodly custom grown strong was kept as a law, and graven images were worshipped by the commandments of kings. So when you go back and read the history of how this holiday that we know as Christmas began, okay, you find out that it has to do with Saturnalia and basically, you know, there are other shows that people can go back and check in the archives to go into the, that goes into great detail. But, in short, it goes into Christmas as we know it today had nothing to do with its origins. And what mm-hmm. happened over the process of time is those customs were basically melded into, quote-unquote, Christianity. Okay, what we know as Christianity today in, in, in modern times, it basically became a law to us to the effect that now this is something that you're expected to keep. Now this is something that, oh, well, like one of the comments that the guy said, well, this is just something that we do because we're American, you know. Mm-hmm. And not to take up too much time, because, like, even on the previous show, when uh, I think it was uh, myself, uh, Kazaki, and Kabar, you were asking us about our experiences with Christmas as we were growing up. Right. And, you know, we gave our different accounts of it, and I really had to think about it. The reason why my mother was so adamant about celebrating Christmas was because, the, because of the way that she grew up, and she didn't have those things growing up. And... Those customs, like we read in verse 16, an ungodly custom which was grown strong and was kept as a law, basically because these were the things that she was taught as far as what it means to be with family and what it means to have a, you know, to celebrate God and things of that nature because those are the things that she was taught and some of those things surrounding that holiday were lacking. That's why, the you know, she was compelled to just push, okay, this is Christmas, this is what we do, this is about family, so forth and so on, you know. So we really have to learn to come back to reading the scriptures and seeing what, what's really written in here and applying them in our lives. Okay. All right, so the overriding question here is, is Jesus really the reason for the season? And uh, this is taken from an article from USA Today. Uh, there's a survey attached. And uh, just going through here, pulling out excerpts here. Kazaki, uh, what do you think about this one? Uh, it says, uh, blame the secularism sweeping the culture. Christmas is no longer about baby Jesus and the sheep. It's solstice with friends, Saturnalia at the office party. What is that talking about, solstice, solstice and Saturnalia? Uh, solstice, when, when one mentions solstice, one, uh, they're mentioning the winter solstice, and, uh, and, of course, I'm not going to try to go into great detail with it, but the solstice, which happens on December 25th, also a symbolic of the birth of Saul Invictus, or the birth of the unconquered sun, S-U-N, uh, which is idolatry. And Saturnalia, basically, when you research Saturnalia, it, it, uh, its origin stems from, I believe, the, either the Greeks or the Romans, in which there was just an all-out wild party, really wild party, 
at basically this time of the year on which, uh, you know, vows and, and, and uh, social positions were forgotten at this time, and everybody just had a, a just a big old giant party which turned into a big old scene of fornication and lasciviousness and lusts and things of that nature. So, what does that um, have to do with Christmas, though? What does Saturnalia have to do with Christmas? Uh, to me, to be very blunt and honest with you, nothing. <laughs> well, and when I say it this way, it's because of the fact that when you look at Saturnalia and you look at Solstice, those things were basically meshed, and for lack of better words, Christianized and brought into the Christian religion, and the name and 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 Christ, his name was put on that to make it seem or or to give the appearance that this is something sanctioned by the Heavenly Father and that gives honor and, and, and commemoration to the birth of Christ. Now, I need to say this as well. In no way are we minimizing the significance of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because when you look in the scriptures at the time when he was born, there was a whole slew of heavenly hosts that were giving praise and honor and celebrating his birth. What? Had it not been for the birth and the death of our Lord and Savior, we wouldn't be having this conversation, one. And two, when you look into the Bible, when you look into the scriptures, nowhere in either the Old Testament or the New Testament does the Lord or Christ say that he will uh, celebrate the day of my birth. You don't find that in the scriptures. Matter of fact, I would like to read a scripture. If I could, and this is John chapter 14 and 15, because a lot of people are, uh, there are a lot of people who are still snowed under the fact that Christmas is about Christ. Well, and Christmas is about celebrating the birth of Christ. So now let's read John the 14th chapter, verse 15, and let's get the words of Christ, and let's see what he says. John 14 and 15, if ye love me, keep my commandments. So if we love Christ, if we want to uh, show our love for Christ or our devotion to Christ, we don't celebrate his birthday. We keep and we practice what he taught us, which were the commandments. And not only do we keep and we practice these things, we also teach these things to our children. This is how we show our love and our devotion to Christ. Okay. All right. The uh, overriding question again is: Is Jesus really the reason for the season? And um, if you want, you can uh, call in and um, uh, stop by the virtual living room by calling six four six seven one six seven seven four nine, and you can either listen in or you can uh, actually participate in the in the program today and give us your comments or your questions. But if you if you do so, uh, make sure you press one on your phone so that I'll know. That you actually want to appear on the program. Um, I'm still interested in this whole thing about Saturnalia, though. These rights and customs are, are, are these the, the, the rights and customs of Saturnalia? Are those ones that were only done way back in time, or is that something that people are doing right now? And if, and if so, when are they doing those things, and and how how do you recognize them? When y'all want to pick that up? Well. Go ahead, Art. Go ahead, Art. Now, well, basically, um, 
I was going to go to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 18, just to even deal with that. Because the thing is, like I said, that we didn't really want to go into great, great detail as far as, you know, the Saturnalia and things of that nature because we have the shows that have already been archived that actually go into that. But just to address some of those things as far as, you know, the the partying that was done in the past on those days to commemorate, you know, the unborn son and things of that nature, all, all that's been done from the way that was celebrated in the past to what's done now is instead of calling it Saturnalia, they call it Christmas. Instead of celebrating the birth of the unborn son or Nimrod or whoever you want to call it, they're celebrating, basically they incorporated the paganistic customs into the Christian quote-unquote, and I say quote-unquote, right. uh, Christian do, church. You know, you, no, there are parties, parties that take place all the time. What distinguishes mm-hmm. a Saturnalia party uh, from some other type of party? And do you see anything occurring these days that resembles uh, what was described as a Saturnalia party 2,000, 3,000 years ago? Well, some of those customs that actually carried over when you look at, like, the whole tradition of the Yule Log, um, uh, you look at the tradition of the mistletoe and things of that nature, a lot of those customs actually carried over, and, you know, because they were, quote-unquote, some people like to say that they were Christianized or cleaned up, okay, they had to dumb some of those things down. You know, because in the past it was all about the revelry and the orgies and the wild partying and the drunkenness, whereas now, you know, it's like, okay, well, we're just going to sprinkle a little bit of Jesus Christ on here, and, you know, we're going to keep some of these other things and we're going to call it this. And it's, it's basically, and I think uh, Kabar is actually going to go into that, about be, they basically to keep people deceived about the origins and the customs and the wickedness of it, they try to sprinkle like you sprinkle, uh, you know, things, you decorate an uh, ice cream cone or something with little sprinkles or whatever. They think Jesus Christ is a thing that you can take uh, a, a wicked holiday and just sprinkle Jesus Christ's name on it and, and you know, nice it up a little bit. But I want to read um, Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 18. It says, What profit is the graven image that the maker thereof have graven it, the molten image and a teacher of lies that the maker of his work trusted therein to make them idols? So that's a question that the Heavenly Father was asking when you read the book of um, Habakkuk, and some people say Habakkuk. But the thing about it is that what, what benefit is, is, it, um, is in that when we honor these days, when we trust into the maker of lies, the teacher of lies, as the scripture says, because, again, the whole thing about the nativity scene, you know, all of those things, is, when you read the scriptures, it's, they, they've mingled so many paganistic customs into the into the or at least tried to into the scriptures that when if you all you did was open the book up and just read about it, you'd start asking questions and one or two things are going to happen: either people are going to start telling lies or they're going to kick you out. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, it's, it's one or two things are going to happen. They're going to tell you you're causing trouble, and you know this is about family, and it's like wait a minute, I, I thought the primary purpose of us coming together was to serve the Heavenly Father in truth. You know, why why are we doing this? Okay. Because, yeah, um, that's a, when you go to go ahead, brother. Yeah, that's a point, you know, that I definitely wanted to touch on because, you know, as you look in the survey and the sentiment, you see that to be with family and friends is forty five percent, which is the highest percentage of any of the other reasons listed in the survey. Now 
I know if we can go back about a decade ago, we know that it was Jesus and God that was the highest percentage of it. It didn't used to be just about family and friends. That was a part of it, but the overarching reason was people were saying it's about Christ. Now, because Christ and God has fallen from the top reason, you got people now well, trying to reestablish the reason for the season. That's why you've had the topic, the reason for the season. Remember, that topic or that phrase is born out of the reason because people begin to uh, subjugate so-called Christ and God, and it became more commercialized, and that's how this whole push for reestablishing the reason for the season has happened. Because now people don't see it as God, people don't see it as Christ, they see it just as a time to get together. So if this change, and why did that change even happen? Well, as people begin to see that, more people begin to recognize it is a pagan holidays. The origins are pagan. You got people who celebrate it now today who will tell you the origins are pagan. So a new reason had to be established to continue the practice. And that reason that was established was, well, it's about the kids. Well, it's about family. Let's just get together and, 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 and just enjoy each other and love each other. That is the new reason that was established or the new deception that was established in order to allow this false pagan holiday to continue. That's one of the things that we have to look at. When you go to the scriptures, Deuteronomy 16 and 16, the Lord, the Heavenly Father through Christ gave us high holy days in which us as a community, family, as a nation came together. Those are those are the times that a family was supposed to gather, so on and so forth. It was it, had, it didn't have anything to do with pagan holidays. Deuteronomy sixteen and sixteen says, Three times in the year shall all thy males appear before me, saith the Lord, in the place which he shall choose, in the feast of, the, of unleavened bread. Okay, that's one feast. Christ kept that, and in the feast of weeks, and in the feast of tabernacles shall they. It says, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty. Okay, that's written in Deuteronomy, and people say, well, that's an Old Testament law. Well, okay, let's see if in the new covenant that the Lord established the heavenly with the nation of Israel, is that still going on? Luke chapter 2 and verse 40, 41 on down tells you. Now, his parents went to, went to Jerusalem, talking about Jesus' parents after he was born, went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of what? Passover. Verse 42, and when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. Remember, that's one of those, those time periods where all nations, where all Israel had to come and gather uh, and to make the account before the Heavenly Father. That's when family came together and friends came together under the feast of those three feasts in the year. Verse 43 in Luke 2 says what? And when they had fulfilled the days, they returned, and the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew it not. Now why? Verse 44. But they supposing him to have been in the company, right, because there was a whole group of the family, large group of family, as well as extended family, that partook in these gatherings of the Lord's holy, holy Sabbath days. And it says what? But they supposing him to have been in the company went a day's journey, and they saw him among their kinsfolk and acquaintances. So you see, there's a time for us to come together for friends, family and friends according to the commandments that the Lord has set up for the high holy days that the Lord had established for the nation of Israel, not the pagan holidays, not any of these other customs that people want to set up. There are days in the Bible 
holy days that the Lord set aside in which we are to come together. And we are not supposed to develop customs and ways and holidays that the nations, through idolatrous practices and strange rites, have put together and begin to follow. So if we want to come together and gather, they are holy days that the Lord gave us, not the wicked idolatrous holidays that we see in the world. All right, thank you so much for that, brother. We are discussing, is Jesus really the reason for the season? Uh, if you want to come and visit with us in the virtual living room, you can do so by dialing 646-716-7749. And remember to press 1 on your phone once you're in. Um, at this point, I'd like to uh, address a, a piece of this article to Yuanathan. And Yuanathan, um this excerpt says, um, in 2008, the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life found that 52% of American Christians say that at least some non-Christian faith can lead to eternal life. Your comments on that? Uh, for someone to say that there's another way to lead to eternal life besides, <clears throat> according to the scriptures, a Christian is those that or disciple, discipline, and the doctrine of Christ, that, that follow Christ's words, whether wherever he goes, okay? And Christ, uh, for someone to say that there's an other option besides the words of Christ, and they've truly never followed the true Christ, never had the true understanding of Christ, neither followed his words, and that would be totally off, because Christ told you. He told you uh, in Matthew's, Chapter 11 to be blunt, um, and 26, I believe. I'm going to get there. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 20, 26. Once I get there, I can read it. It says, uh, no, 27. It says, All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son. And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. So, According to the words of Christ, which we ought to be following, no no one can get to the to Heavenly Father, the Most High, the Creator of all, except we go through the way which the Heavenly Father pointed in His Son Christ. So for someone to sit there and say that there's other paths, then that person was off from the beginning, never had true understanding. So that that's that's completely off. And uh, one more verse to um to answer that question: Acts chapter four and verse twelve, verse eleven rather. And it reads, once I get to Acts chapter 4 and verse 11, it says, speaking of Christ here, and it says, This is the stone which, this, which is set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. In verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is, there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So there's error and understanding, there's error, and, and see, that's why the scriptures tells us to beware of philosophies and things. So that's why that that's happening. Okay. Yes, sir. All right, thank you. Um, thank you. Can, uh-huh. Can I add on to that? Because Absolutely. that, that, that I, I'm glad you, you asked that question because, you know, the brother brought out a very, very important point when he said Christians being, meaning being a follower of Christ or being brought up in the discipline of Christ, Jesus Christ, the Savior. We're talking about the Jesus Christ in the Bible. So I got a couple of scriptures I want to read very quickly. Um, I want to go straight, and I'm going straight to the point here, Matthew 17 and 5. It says, While he yet spake, 
Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. So the thing that we have to remember is, is that this is during the time when the transfiguration happened, and you had the Lord Jesus Christ standing there with Moses and Elijah. So the Lord shows you who has the preeminence because even in some religions they want to give, you know, somewhat a quote-unquote throne or a gateway to heaven. They make up saints and say, okay, well, if you want this, you got to pray to this saint, or you want that, you got to pray to this saint. The Lord said, listen, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. So Christ has the preeminence. Also, when you go to St. John 14 and 6, the Lord said out of his own mouth, it says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So for a Christian, a person that calls himself a Christian or a follower of Jesus Christ, for them to say that there are other pathways or other ways to get to heaven, that's blasphemy. There's no other way to to paint that or pretty it up or anything else. That is straight blasphemy because you do not read that in the scriptures anywhere. Right. And if I could add this on, Josiah? Yeah. um, Getting back to that point, too, in in Romans 3 and verse, um, to be quick, Romans chapter 3 and verse 4 says, God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. So let the words of the Heavenly Father be true. And the words of the Heavenly Father said there's no salvation but through Christ. And we got to hear Christ. So for some man to sit and say there's other paths, the Scripture said that man's a liar. As it is written, that thou mayest be justified in thy sins and mightest overcome when thou art just. So that's why we're making the statement. And we can stand bold and prideful in this great statement because it's not ours. It's the word of the Heavenly Father, that there is no other path to the eternal life and to the kingdom of heaven but through his, through his Son. Jesus Christ, who sits on the right of the Father as we speak. All right. Well, we are the brothers in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church discussing, is Jesus really the reason for the season? Hi, this is Simon from the Body of Christ Church in St. Louis. I would like to invite you to our show in the SDL. The shows air every Wednesday at 6 p.m. It is an hour show on Charter Communications, channel 980 and 981. So take some time out to get the good word, and may the Most High Christ bless you. Giving all praise to the Most High Son Christ. Uh, for those that live in the NYC in Manhattan, we have a show that airs every Friday at 3.30. On Time Warner Cable, Channel 57. Shalom, brothers and sisters. My name is Hush Young from the Body of Christ Church in Waterbury. I would like to take this time to invite you or anyone you know that lives in or is planning to visit the Waterbury area of Connecticut. That's covering the areas of Waterbury, Middlebury, Prospect, and Walker. Tune into our show, Revelation of the Testament, airing every Saturday at 12 noon to 1 p.m. on Channel 13. And may the Most High in Christ bless your understanding and increase the fruits of your righteousness. If you've enjoyed today's program and you live in the Atlanta area, we invite you to view our public access television program. 
For Fulton County, please tune in to Body of Christ on People TV, Channel 24, every Sunday at 1.30 p.m. Or for DeKalb County, on Comcast Channel 25, every Monday at 2 p.m. And now back to today's show. All right, we're back, and we are discussing, is Jesus really the reason for the season? Is Christ really in Christmas? And if so, where is Christ in Christmas? Where exactly is Christ in Christmas? How do you see Christ? Did, do you see Christ in, in, in gift-giving? Do you see Christ in Christmas trees? Do you see Christ in hanging stockings? Do you see Christ in any of the decorations, any of the parties, any of the festivities? Where is Christ in Christmas? And we were drawing from an article from uh, USA Today, which is titled, it's a, there's a survey attached, and it says, for many, Jesus isn't the reason for the season. And we talked about how in that survey, um, if I can pull up here just a second. In the survey, 45% of the respondents says that the season is to be with family and friends. Now, 37% said that it is about Jesus and, Jesus and God. But, you know, what is the overriding reason for this season, to be with family and friends, is, is what people are saying. And this survey um, is a survey of 2,110 2, adults uh, taking place on November 29th through December 1st. All right? So, you want to let me uh, go back to you. Um, when when you start looking at uh, Christmas and all the rites and all the rituals that are involved in Christmas, which one of these rites rituals actually have to deal with Christ? Uh, none of the rites, none of the rituals have anything to do with the Jesus Christ or the Bible. Uh, what about the nativity none of, scene? None of that. The nativity I mean, scene don't have to do with uh, Jesus Christ. No, it doesn't. Doesn't have anything to do with Christ. Um, different um, the scriptures tell you what happened as he was a child, and um, and uh, for for my understanding, according to the scriptures, what when I go by what the scriptures say, it says certain things, and and that's it. But it's not how this world perceives it to be. You know, it's not it's not according as it is written in the Bible. Okay. So and I have these, to add to that. where are these things coming from then? You know, if 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 it's not uh, if, if it's not having to deal with Christ, which you know Christmas, uh, Christ Mass, where is this coming from? All these different rituals and so forth that pe- people engage in year after year. I mean, there's certain things that just got to be done. You, you've got to buy presents, right? I mean, that's 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 part of Christmas. If you're not if you're not buying, giving, and receiving presents, then you're not celebrating Christmas. Am I right? Oh, that was just no. one of the things associated with it. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, it's more than just gifts. I mean, you got cowling, you got you got uh, the the wreaths, hanging wreaths, and different evergreen trees and things. You got uh, what else? You got you got um, eggnogs associated with this stuff, and and everything in between. I mean, you got right. um, hey, yule log, some some yule log. What 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 all that got to do with Christ? I was going to add to that if you don't mind, brother. You're talking about uh, stockings. You're talking about gift-giving, putting gifts under the trees. You're talking about the whole Christmas tree, which we've already talked about in Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, 
That's a that is a, a a a custom of the heathen. That's a paganistic practice that the Lord said that we weren't supposed to get caught up in anyway. You got the mistletoe, which alludes to fornication. You've got uh, 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 on the twelve days of the, the different accounts on the twelve days of Christmas, blah 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 blah, and Yuletide gay and Yuletide even the tide, uh, 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 uh practice and things of that nature. That goes into idolatry. And that comes, all those come from the different nations and their different practices, their different customs, and the quote-unquote church, the quote-unquote church, that is, putting the birth of Christ in there so that basically they get, uh, uh, all the nations can keep their practices, can keep their, uh, their customs, and, 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 but, but uh, the church, quote-unquote, Christianizing it, or like the brother had already alluded to, making it clean, so that it's something that the nations can still practice, but under the name of this right here. But when you take all these different practices, all these different customs, all these different ideologies associated with Christmas, and you try, and I, I use that word loosely, you try to filter that through the scriptures, you can't. You Wait cannot. A Wait a minute. Think about this now. You, you, you got you got the Christmas tree, Christ tree. You got the Christmas gift. You have Christmas carols. Christmas carols. Everything is labeled Christ. It's all labeled Christ. How can that be wrong if it's all labeled Christ? Well, you know, when you go into the origin of how it was even, and, and like the brother say, you, you know, not to get into an entire historical account of Christmas, but of course, uh, it was time under, I believe it was Augusta, um, and Augusta about, uh, go ahead, what did you say? I said you were saying, you were talking about you were bringing out uh, time during Augusta Caesar, or, um... Yeah, when, go when ahead, it was actually, yeah, when it was actually, uh, when the Roman Catholic Church, because this practice had taken hold in Rome, okay, and it was, a, it was, it was according to its original, uh, Norse practices of the Yule log, junk and orgies, and it got it as its popularity began to grow in Rome. In order for Rome to maintain its uh, influence of the people, to satisfy and placate the people, they introduced this custom and this practice into the church. Okay, and tried to Christianize these uh, uh, customs, traditions, and practices, and they renamed it Christ Mass and try to bring it as one of the uh, a celebration of the church so that people can uh, remain loyal to the church and to, you know, its leadership. And that's, that's how you actually have it entering into the church when they begin to synchronize pagan practices with things that you find in the scriptures. Now, the Eurolog, that's out of uh, um, um, European Germanic history, okay, when they built this huge log, and all the which they sacrificed adults, children, and had orgies around it. We talk about the so-called Christmas tree when they cut down the evergreen out of the tree. Well, you go into Jeremiah chapter two, 10 and verse 2, it tells you that it says, I'll I just read it, Jeremiah 10 and 2, Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. That's when you go into the winter solstice and people looking at the sun, moon, and stars and worshiping them. And, 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 and developing customs around the heavenly ordinances. It says, for the heathen are dismayed at them. 
It says, for the custom of the people are vain. We're going to read one of the main customs of Christmas. It says, the one cut up a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with an axe, and deck it with what? Silver and gold, and fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. Now, is that not the Christmas tree that we're talking about today? That is. So you see how these customs of the people that are vain that we read about, that the Lord said is an abomination, that we're not supposed to do it, that we're not supposed to follow how the, how the heathen worship. Now we see these same practices and what people call uh, Christmas today. Now we just read earlier in Luke chapter 2 that Christ kept the Passover. Christ, Christ kept the ordinances in the, in the holy days in the Bible. And had and told us to what? Flee from idolatry. Flee from the customs of the people. To keep the commandments in Matthew chapter five and verse seventeen. So Christ had nothing to do with it. And if and if Christ and his disciples was here today, this would be something that they would be ashamed to see our people doing and would rebuke our people for keeping these practices. They would not be observing these things at all. Okay, now everything that you brought out about all the heathenistic practices and so forth, right? Those things, uh, like the, the one, the Jeremiah 10 thing that you, you just cited, you know, that happened before Christ was even born. Okay, now what's happened is people have decided to celebrate Christ's birthday, and they have Christianized these practices. So how right, can I that be wrong answer. once it's been Christianized? I got one question. I got one question because we're talking about Christ's birthday, right? That's what this whole Christmas thing is about, right? Right. Well, I mean, well, I mean, it depends on how you look at the survey. For I think it was what thirty-five percent of the people said that, but fifty-two percent says it's about friends and family. All right, friends and family, but it's all based on this so-called date that Christ was born, right? Right. Okay, so I have one question: Is can you please anybody? Anywhere in the world, point out the chapter and the verse that tells you the date Christ is born. Great question. Uh, we do have a visitor to the virtual living room. Uh, visitor, your name is Gadiawan. Shalom, brother. <laughs> Gadiawan? Yes. Can you hey, hear me? Shalom, brother. Yeah, I, I sure hey, Shalom. What's up, Cross? Bless you. Cross, bless. Ah, it's going good. Just listening to the show. Um, some good points coming out. I just wanted to bring out one point as far as Christmas. You know, you have brothers that are men of the Lord. Now, if any one of them went and slept with a prostitute, would they be clean? Of course not. So I'm going to read the scriptures. This is First Corinthians 6.15. It says, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. So there's many other scriptures that show that we're supposed to be clean and separate from these different practices. Verse 16 says, What know you not, that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. So how are they trying to take these pagan practices and put Christ's name on it and say that they're clean? They could never be clean. They could never be clean because they're crooked. You can't clean up of these pagan practices and think that you're going to put your Christ's name on it and they're going to be clean. That is a deception, and people love to have it that way. But the scriptures speak about there's going to be a judgment. Unless people repent, they're going to be destroyed. So that's the choice. 
Many people are going to be destroyed in that day when the real Christ returns. Uh, there was an article that they had, I mean, the image that they have of Christ as being this white man, this atheist had, oh, Jesus Christ, the ugly black man. So, you know, the Im- even the image that people have in their minds of Jesus Christ is not correct. No, I and, uh, got a scripture to follow up with that, too. Okay. And I, I, I got a couple of them. I want to go to Ecclesiastes in the Bible. And this is chapter 7, and I'm going to read verse 13. It says, Consider the work of God, for who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? So we know that according to the scriptures, the straight meaning the correct things, the righteous things of the Bible is what the Heavenly Father gave us in his law, statutes, and commandments. And the perfection of that was the death and resurrection of his son Christ. Those are the straight things. That's the straight gate that we enter into when we go uh, trying to fight and attain the kingdom of heaven. But the question is, who can make that straight which he has made crooked? So what did he make crooked? The gods of the other nations. The answer is in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 15. It says, that which is crooked cannot be made straight, and that which is wanting cannot be numbered. So wanting basically means those things that are, are many or infinite. You can't number those things. And the Lord already gave us the answer. That which is crooked cannot be made straight. So the way that the Lord made these things, he gave us what he wanted us to follow. That's what we're supposed to follow. We can't change the ordinances and the things that the Heavenly Father set up. Can't do it. Can no, I make right? Yeah, go ahead, bro. Uh, because the whole, point of the, the whole point of the matter is, you know, and this, the, 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 the title of the article says it all, Jesus is not the reason for the season. So now, for a lot of people who still think that Jesus is the reason for the season, you are mistaken, point blank. Now, if any of our people are truly sincere and celebrating Christ and showing the honor to Christ, I'm going to read this scripture. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. So now the context of the scripture was that night when Christ was betrayed by Judas and he was delivered first to the elders of the Israelites, our people, and then subsequently to the, to the Romans to be tortured, crucified, put to death. But Christ told us, when you, whenever you come together and break this bread and drink this wine, you do this in remembrance of me. You want to celebrate Christ? Repent first and foremost. Come back and serve the Heavenly Father. Follow the examples of Christ, and by all means, the high holy days that we should be celebrating that commemorate Christ that are already in the Bible. One of them is the Passover. And I'm reading an excerpt from the Passover, what happened with Christ. And he said, whenever you do these things, do this as often as you do and remembrance of me. Also, First Corinthians, the fifth chapter. Another example of how we show our love for Christ. First Corinthians, chapter 5, starting at verse 6. <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me, starting at verse 7. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. 
faith in Christ, our Passover, and sacrifice for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, meaning the Passover, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Here in the Bible is another example of how we celebrate Christ, not with Christmas trees, not with mistletoe, not with stockings, not with candy, not with cookies and milk, not with Yule logs, but according to the Bible as it is written in the Scriptures. Now, brothers, please bear with me one last. This is Mark chapter 2. And he said, Mark chapter 2, verse 27, And he said unto them, these are the words of Christ, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. So when we keep the Sabbath day holy, we are remembering Christ. Just like the scripture said in the Old Testament, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, when we keep in the Sabbath day through the example of Christ, we are, we are remembering Christ. We are showing our love for Christ, just like Christ told us. If you love me, keep my commandments. So to show our love for Christ, we have to do it according to thus saith the Lord in the Bible. Not through religion, not through paganistic customs, not through philosophy, but how the Lord has already outlined it in the scriptures. All right. Thank you, brother. We are discussing, is Jesus really the reason for the season? Did you have something to say, bro? Yeah, because to really focus in on the deception that's going on. Now, we understand, we know according to the Bible, according to the scriptures, Jesus is not the reason for the Christmas season. Jesus had nothing to do with that. Jesus kept the laws and the commandments in the Bible and never kept a pagan practice, ever. So the thing is that the reason that people, you see in the survey, is 37% the reason for the season, according to some people, 37% is Jesus and God. But above that, you have 45% that say it's family and friends. Because if you ask somebody the simple question that I posed earlier, okay, you're saying the reason for the season is Jesus and God, well, show me when Jesus was born in the Bible. You can't do it. Or show me any of the customs that people keep around the time that's in the Bible for us to keep. People can't show you that either. So a new reason has to be invented to keep it. Other than that, it will just die away. So the new reason that has to be invented, like the article clearly sets out, is that no longer is Jesus the reason for a season. It's for friends and for family. It's for celebrations, for all these other things now. Because that's the only way to perpetuate this day now. So the thing is, the scriptures tell us, Matthew chapter, I'll go to, I'll go to Mark chapter, um, actually, um, I'm gonna go to Timothy, Second Timothy two three thirteen. It says, "But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived." And that's what's going on. Deception is going on. So the ones, not only the ones that are deceiving others, um, not only do you have those deceiving other people, but they themselves are deceived. And they're deceived by what? The wickedness of this world and Satan. That's why today you have Mark 79 going on when it tells you, and he said unto them, this is what Christ said unto them. This is what Christ is saying to people today keeping this, this uh, pagan holiday. He said what? Full well you reject the commandments of God that ye may keep your own tradition, which is all the Christmas is, the traditions of men. 
but what's going on? Why why aren't we deceived talking about this thing? How, how come we don't follow the same customs that the people of the world follow? Matthew 24 and 24 tells you, For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive their very elect. And that's what's going on, this all-time high level of deception going on. And the only way to escape it is to apply the commandments of God. And when we do that, when we follow Christ and keep the commandments, that's what makes us the, the remnant, that's what makes us the elect of the Lord. And that is the only way we keep ourselves from being deceived by the customs and the ways of the world. Let me you put something else out there. Yes. If I, if I can add something else in there. I saw somewhere here when someone said it's a matter of choice whether we follow Christmas or not. That's, that's just some of the answers you get from in the world. That is, the Lord, it's a matter of choice. When we read Second Ezra chapter 7 and verse 21, it reads, For God hath given straight commandment to such as came what they should do to live. So you can't get no clearer than it's not, you don't, the Heavenly Father gave you a yeah, choice to do either good or, or evil. Righteous or wickedness, but the but the Most High showed you what to do to live, and that's the righteousness. It says, "For God has given has given strict commandment to such as came what they should do to live, even as they came, and what they should observe to avoid punishment." So it's it's no mysterious um, anything mysterious of what the Lord wants us to do or does not want us to do is clear. And then it goes on and says, "Nevertheless." They were not obedient unto him, but spake against him and imagined vain things. So man's heart is 180 degrees separated from the Heavenly Father, that they're just going to go and do whatever they want to do and, and don't follow the ways of the Lord. And what? And what? Say, and now the same majority of people say there is no God. So that's the answer there. The Heavenly Father gave us what to do. It's clear. It ain't nothing hard. This whole show is nothing hard. But it's hard for the person's mind that refuses fear and get into the understanding of the heavenly father. But let me quickly put out that one more thought. You know, you got all these things going on about Christmas. Some people are saying that there's a secular way you celebrate Christmas, and then there's a, a Christian way that you celebrate Christmas. Some people are saying, like your brothers are bringing out, the scripture says, "Don't celebrate it at all." Okay, now here's someone that's been brought up celebrating Christmas all their life, and now they're listening to this program. And they are confused. They are confused, and they are thinking, "Now, God, why, why is it that you know you 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 allowing all this stuff to go on so that now I'm confused about what direction to take? What do you say say to somebody like that? Why is all this confusion going on?" Well, I read that one a little bit earlier because the thing you know, again, the brother said you have people that come up with different reasons on why to continue in those customs and the things that they grew up in. Hell, I'm one of them. I'm, but I'm not confused about it, but I grew up doing a whole bunch of things that as I began to read the scriptures and the Lord gave me the understanding that what I grew up in, the things that were taught to me by my parents because that's what they were taught, because that's what their parents were taught and so forth and so on down the line, that when we start actually reading the scriptures, we have to make a decision to apply the commandments. And applying the commandments is what keeps us from being confused. So I want to read the scripture real quick. Uh, go ahead. Also, this is the thing, and this is the problem that man falls into. Man wants to go off from the commandments of God, get confused, 
and then blame God for being confused. God didn't set up any of this. God didn't create sin. He didn't allow. He didn't give man license to break his commandments. None of that, because the scripture says. Um, I want to get that one in in uh, Ecclesiastes about how God made man upright. That's the third chapter, right? That's seven and twenty-nine. 7 and 29. Okay, so seven and twenty-nine tells you, lo, this only. Okay, we talking about Solomon, wisest man that walked the earth. Only, only one wiser than him was was uh, our Lord Christ. It says, lo, this only have I found that God has made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. And we know one of those inventions was sin itself, along with the pagan idolatry practices, the invention of idols, all of these things. When we talked about the brother right earlier about how um, uh, uh, idols was for, uh, spiritual fornication, that was an invention. God didn't make man that way. God created man, gave him commandments on how to live his life, breathed into Adam the, the breath of life, which is the understanding of his birth. Adam went off and decided to lean on his own understanding. Uh, if Adam is confused, or those who have followed the pattern of Adam are now confused in the world because they've gone off from the word of God, whose fault is that? Mm. Well, brother, I tell you, uh, that's that's an excellent thought to uh, leave uh, this program on. Um, it's been a very good program, a lot of uh, great conversation, a lot of good things being brought out surrounding this pagan holiday Christmas. Uh, thank you, brothers that are here in the virtual living room and those in the chat room and those listening in. But most of all, all thanks and all praises goes out to the Most High in the name of His Son, Christ. The next time, the Most High in the name of Christ bless you all. Shalom. Brothers and sisters, thank you for visiting with us in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. You can visit our website at thevocc.com or you can email us at bodyofchrist at newreach.com or call us at 877-871-1712 Until our next visit, the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. Shalom. Thank you.